Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey, self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure you know about my two books on self-love. If you're struggling with body image or self-acceptance, then I highly recommend you check out my first book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's a comprehensive workbook to help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to love who you are. You can get it wherever books are sold by searching for The Gift of Self-Love or go to my website, maryscupoftea.com book. Thousands of you have read and dove into The Gift of Self-Love. The reviews are just incredible. So many five-star reviews, and I'm so forever grateful that it has touched your lives in such a big way. After publishing The Gift of Self-Love and reading all your positive feedback, I noticed that many of you asked me for a tool that would help you build a daily practice of self-love into your life, which is why I decided to create a new self-love journal, 100 Days of Self-Love. It's got 100 journaling prompts that cover all areas of life, body, identity, purpose, relationships, emotions, and more. So you can think of this as a metaphorical multivitamin for self-love. You can get the journal wherever books are sold as well by searching for 100 Days of Self-Love or go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal. These two books, The Gift of Self-Love, The Workbook, and 100 Days of Self-Love, The Journal, are complementary to one another, so the content does not overlap. It just depends on what you want or need at this point in your life. It's my mission to share all the self-love tools with you, so I hope that both my books and this podcast can help you do just that. Hello, my self-lovers. Welcome to another episode of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. And Happy New Year! I figured what better way to start the first episode of this new year than by talking about rejection and people not liking you and all the deep, dark, heavy emotions that can often come with that. And the reason why I'm talking about this today is, of course, because I've had some recent personal experiences with this. And I've noticed a lot of my friends have also been going through this. And I think it's kind of timely with the new year because maybe you have new goals, you have things you want to accomplish, new mindsets that you want to embody. But oftentimes when we change, but the people around us aren't changing with us, there can be a little bit of pushback. There can be some rejection or feelings of rejection. And I think that it's especially important to deal with rejection in a self-loving, healthy way because it is one of those experiences and emotions that can really make us spiral. So let's dive in. Let's talk about what rejection is, how to deal with different types of rejection, especially rejection with ourselves. And before we dive into all of that, I just want to do a quick caveat here that, as always, I am not a mental health professional and I am speaking from personal experience. And a lot of the times, because I am speaking from personal experience, 
I don't necessarily have everything figured out and I am processing and thinking about it literally as I'm speaking to you. So for me, this is like my therapeutic outlet, right? Every time I talk about this with you and I feel like we're going through it or growing through it together, it really, really helps me take my own advice. And with that being said, there might be some things that I say that like totally don't resonate or maybe they're not, I don't know, correct advice when it comes to mental health. And that's a risk that I'm willing to take in order to connect with you on a personal level. So if there's something that like really landed with you, I always love hearing from you in the form of a review on Apple Podcasts, a rating on Spotify, but also I really love reading your DMs. Lately on at Mary's podcast Instagram, I've been going on there and just scrolling through some of the comments and the DMs and hearing the oddly specific aha moments that you've had about something that I said on a podcast episode. It just makes my heart leap out of my chest. I talk and talk and talk and I feel like I give and give and give. And sometimes it's really difficult to motivate myself unless. I feel like somebody else is talking back. So the beauty of the podcast is that I'm not getting that immediate feedback like I am on social media, which can be toxic, but also it's kind of a downside of the podcast that I don't really know what you're thinking or feeling or if this is resonating with you. So if it is, or if you have something to add to the conversation or share, please feel free to slide in the DMs. One other thing before we dive in, I just need to get this off my chest and be brutally honest with you and myself. This episode has been so damn hard for me to record, like so damn hard. I don't know if it's a combination of like taking a little break and just feeling off my game or if it's because of this camera setup that I have here because one of my goals was to take more videos of the podcast and share them on places like YouTube. So I'm feeling a little bit camera shy. And also, like I said, this topic is really raw and fresh for me. So feeling like I don't have like this perfect grasp on it is making me really, really in my head. And I have notes here. I have things that I want to share with you and make sure you brain tattoo and remember for yourself, but it's only because I'm having a hard time remembering it for myself. And the irony is not lost on me how in a podcast episode talking about rejection and people not liking you, I'm feeling rejected and like people don't like me and also rejecting myself. And that's a big part about rejection is that sometimes It's not even about what someone else said or did. It's about all these emotions that came up for you, the stories that you're telling yourself, and what you're letting it mean about you. So right now, as I'm recording this and not saying things perfectly, I'm like, oh my God, I should just not say anything at all and just read what I have in my notes so that way it comes off perfectly. But every time I've been doing that, and I've been at this for three hours now. I shit you not, I have recorded three hours of this podcast episode, recorded, re-recorded, deleted, scratched everything at least a dozen times. And that is 
the biggest thing about rejection is that we do it to ourselves. We reject ourselves before anybody else can reject us. Me deleting this podcast episode is me rejecting myself every time I say something that isn't perfect. Me not sharing something on social media that is on my heart and mind is my way of rejecting myself because I'm so scared of what other people will say. And this is why we have to talk about it. This is why we have to get over our feelings of rejection and get over people not liking us so that we can really live our potential, meet our potential, and be really at peace with ourselves. So what is rejection? This might sound really basic, but for me, it was actually a little aha moment reading about how rejection is the literal opposite of acceptance. Now, again, this might sound like, duh, Mary, but think about what that means. If the number one thing that all humans strive for is acceptance, right? It dictates our ability to survive. If we're like accepted into the tribe, then we are more likely to live a longer, healthier life. It also dictates our self-esteem and self-worth. If we feel like other people are accepting of ourselves, then it makes it that much easier to accept you because you're validated. And I think that as much as we don't want to rely on other people's validation or rely on other people's acceptance, it is easier said than done. And the more I think about it like anthropologically, sociologically, from an evolutionary perspective, it's literally human nature to want to be accepted. It's literally human nature to want to be liked. So when we feel rejection, or we get rejected, it threatens our personhood. It threatens everything that we do because so much of what we do is to feel accepted by other people. Those bonds are important. And this is why rejection can lead to a hodgepodge of other really heavy emotions like embarrassment and shame and sadness and jealousy and loneliness. That's such a big one for me lately. And hurt. A lot of the times you don't need to be physically rejected by someone in order to feel rejected. So this means that you can feel rejected even when somebody didn't blatantly reject you or say, I don't like you. A simple personal example is like me feeling rejected online. It's not because somebody messaged me saying, I hate your content, although that happens sometimes, but luckily it hasn't been a recent thing. But the lack of positive feedback often puts me in my head and makes me feel like I'm not accepted or valued or liked. And that's because our brains jump to conclusions. We make up stories. We, again, reject ourselves before anyone else can reject us. And it kind of functions like anxiety in a sense. Like, you know how with anxiety, you're basically thinking through every worst case scenario, believing that if you think everything through, then whatever comes at you won't surprise you. Like, it literally is a coping mechanism and it just doesn't work. Like, it's just unnecessarily putting us through that worry so many times. And of course, we can't often control anxiety and we do need support and learn to manage our minds, our thoughts, what we say to ourselves, our emotions in order to better cope with that. But rejection kind of functions in the same way. We're like, okay, if I put up this wall and create this buffer, it won't hurt as badly if 
or when others do it to us. So we don't take risks. We don't go after our dreams. We tell ourselves that we're not good enough simply to avoid experiencing any kind of negative feedback. So it just doesn't work. With rejection, we're like, if only I don't like myself and I'm the one who's telling myself that I'm not good enough, then I'll be more prepared if or when somebody else does that, right? And this just like doesn't work because even when you do get rejected, like it's still gonna hurt. You're still gonna receive negative feedback either way. Same with anxiety. If something bad happens, like it's not like you're gonna be thrilled about it, right? So why put yourself through that unnecessary worry multiple times? And again, I know easier said than done, but sometimes we need to just hear how this is a coping mechanism. Maybe it's a survival mechanism that we've developed and we've created this pattern, but it does help to hear just how it got you this far, but maybe it's not serving you anymore. So with rejection, you have to remember that you're going to receive negative feedback either way, whether it's coming from your own mind or someone else's mind. And the only way that we can manage this is self-talk, emotional regulation, seeking support that we need to not let these fears stop us from living our own life. So it's a matter of, do you want to deal with your own unmet potential and the toll it'll take on your spirit to not do what you want? Or do you want to deal with the potential of someone else disapproving of you? Like you have to choose, disapprove of myself, not like myself, or take the risk of other people not liking you, other people disapproving or not accepting you. And that is a trade-off that I'm willing to make. I hope that you're willing to make that too. Again, right now, I'm just so nervous that I'm talking out of my ass and not giving valuable advice. But I would rather you think, Mary, this sucks, than me think, Mary, you suck. Why didn't you just go for it? Why didn't you just publish it, right? I would rather hear that feedback and deal with that feedback from someone else than feel the pain of not living my truth. On that note, I'm going to take my dramatic sip of tea. Big Heart Tea, that is. My favorite certified organic tea with direct trade ingredients, wrapped in packaging made from plants, not plastics, and produced with the utmost regard for the farmers who grow it. I love Big Heart Tea, and I've been drinking their tea well before they sponsored the show because their company is female-founded, intentionally sourced, and mission-driven, which you can really taste with every sip. I'm currently drinking their Cup of Love Tea. It's literally called Cup of Love. How fitting, and I also love their herbal blends for the afternoons. Stock up on your own tea by going to BigHeartTea.com and use code MARY20 for a discount. That's BigHeartTea.com, and the coupon code is MARY20. Now back to the show. So another thing I want to talk about is the different types of rejections that come from other people. For example, there is romantic rejection. And I think that's the biggest thing that people think of when we say rejection. We think of like dating or somebody not 
wanting to date us. And of course, a breakup would fall into that because it's somebody like rejecting a future with you. And if that's what you're going through, I'm so deeply sorry. That is so freaking hard. In episode 138, it's called Healing from Heartbreak. That episode will really help you deal with a breakup if you're going through that. But with romantic rejection, okay, this is like not a formed thought. And if you're listening to this, I'm assuming that you identify as a woman. If not, I'm sorry, but like, give me a second here. When it comes to being a girl or a woman and facing rejection, why do we take it extra hard? I was thinking about that very deeply because I stumbled on a TikTok where this dude was talking about how girls just take everything too personally and guys just kind of move on when they face rejection. And I'm thinking like, why is that? It's got to be something. And the more I thought about it, the more I feel like it's because if you were socialized as a girl or woman in this society, people and society has told you that being accepted by the opposite sex or the same sex, but like heteronormatively, traditionally speaking, it's always been about like, boys like you and does somebody want to marry you? And like this whole idea of other people like thinking you're attractive or hot. And so if somebody doesn't show like that kind of enthusiasm towards you, we instantly freak the fuck out. It even hurts when it's somebody we don't like. <laughs> like the idea of like, I don't like him. I don't see a relationship with him. I don't even think that we're a good match, but I want them to want me. And I feel stupid or unworthy when they reject me. A person that I don't even like, a person that I've already rejected. But it just, it's like one of those, I don't know, we want what we can't have. Or I personally believe that it's something about the way that girls and women have been told that our sole purpose and our biggest self-worth is to be liked, right? Like we get blamed if we're not liked. We said something wrong or we did something differently. Whereas I guess boys aren't raised that way. Like it's like if somebody doesn't like you, just show them who's boss. And then they kind of get over it really quickly. And there's also this aspect of like, it doesn't matter if people like you, it matters if they respect you. But I just don't think that's fully true when you're a woman. Michelle Obama talks about this a lot, how there are so many things that she had to do in the White House just to be liked. And even though she's already there, she's already made it, she's already first lady, there are huge consequences if people don't like the president's wife, even bigger than if people don't like the president. Isn't that like crazy? You just got to watch some of her speeches and her entire documentary it just blows my mind how much pressure there is on girls and women to be liked. So keep that in mind when you're dealing with romantic rejection, especially because I think this is just an idea that's fed into us. And quite frankly, it could be humbling to hear like, hey, I don't like you. I don't want to text you. I'm, I'm not attracted to you. I'm not sleeping with you. You can choose to see it as like, hmm, maybe it's not all about my looks. Maybe it's not all about igniting somebody else's sexual tension toward me, right? And I think that that can be, in a sense, kind of liberating. I don't know. Do with that what you will. Another type of rejection is familial, and this is the biggest one that I've been experiencing and why I'm sharing that this is just so, so fresh for me. I wish that I could share personal details, but 
I can't. So long story short, somebody very, very important to me, a family member, (laughs) called me and very dramatically announced that they're not coming to my wedding. Actually, it was a few family members. So anyway, it hurt, to say the least. And this is like a very, I don't know, big example, I suppose, of somebody being like, you know, your wedding is not important enough to me or whatever thing that I'm dealing with personally is more important than me being there for you on one of the most important days of your life. So that definitely hurts. I definitely took that as rejection. It does make me feel rejected by my own family. Like the people who are quote unquote supposed to accept you and love you and be there for you all the time. And I think a lot more people experience this than we talk about. There's family members criticizing your lifestyle choices or your relationship or maybe your entire identity. And that is just so damn heartbreaking. Like, I don't know what else to say about that besides it is just so damn heartbreaking. And I think the same advice that we'll get to in a second about how to deal with rejection is going to apply. But one of the other things that I want to highlight in terms of like different types of rejection is friendship, okay? A friend not texting you back or canceling plans or a full-on friend breakup, again, that is them basically rejecting the relationship. And same with family and sometimes even more so because you can't choose your family, but you choose your friends. Same with like a romantic partnership, like you chose them, but they didn't choose you. That can hurt extra. The last one that I want to bring up, just thinking about how it applies to your life, is career rejection. Whether it's like not getting the job, and this goes back to what I said at the beginning, like sometimes we feel rejected, not because something did happen, but because something didn't happen. And here's where I want you to start brain tattooing, okay? This is one of two things that I want you to brain tattoo. And the first is rejection is redirection, Rejection is redirection. The more you get rejected, the closer you are to finding the people that do want to be there for you, or the job that was meant for you, or the home you were always supposed to live in. What is meant for you will choose you, just like you chose them or you chose it. So see rejection as life just altering your path a little bit to put you on the one you were always meant to be on. It is not personal. It has very little, in fact, almost nothing to do with you. And it has everything to do with the dynamic shifting, with maybe the people in your life coming and going in seasons, or something that is just past its expiration date, some kind of situation that is no longer for you. Rejection is redirection, and rejection can be good for you. It's humbling. It's an opportunity to reflect and reevaluate your values and choose how personally you are going to take the situation. Because again, we have to start depersonalizing rejection. 
We make too many assumptions. We jump to conclusions. We make up stories. We think that all these explanations and justifications and the overthinking and the twisting and turning and bending over backwards for other people trying to make everyone approve of you is going to make us feel better, but it only takes you farther away from yourself. And that is also a form of rejecting your true authentic self. You have to be able to embrace that redirection and know that what is meant for you will choose you. So when you are dealing with rejection from or by another person, you kind of have two options, right? Because rejection is what happens when someone doesn't meet your expectations or you don't meet theirs. So there's like this mismatched in expectations. Like I expected you to text me back right away, but you didn't. And that made me feel hurt. Or they expected you to adhere to their expectations of you and the way you need to be living your life, but you didn't. And rejection is what happens when there's a mismatch in expectations and that pushback feels very, very personal. So you kind of have two options here. You can meet everyone's expectations at all times. You can do whatever you can to make sure other people meet yours. And that is quite frankly impossible and will drive you crazy. Or you can practice one of the four agreements from my favorite Toltec wisdom book called The Four Agreements, which I'm referencing on this podcast all the time. I make all my retreat attendees read because it's just so full of wisdom. I've reread it like a dozen times every time I get something new from it because every time we all need the reminder, especially of this one agreement, don't take anything personally. We have to start depersonalizing the people and the situations that we encounter because what other people say or do or not say or not do has so, so little, almost nothing, actually nothing. I don't know. The book says that it has nothing to do with you because we are all our own walking clumps of cells, our own little universes, experiencing and perceiving life in a very unique way. And we're never going to understand what it's like to be someone else. We're never going to be able to fully match with somebody in that way because we are all so different and unique. And when we embrace that, when we start depersonalizing situations and when we start practicing compassion towards ourselves and toward other people who might be having a different experience, we're actually going to be more connected. And I think if I were to edit this book, <laughs> me thinking that I could edit the greatest wisdom book in the past century, but if I were to edit this book, and the book doesn't explicitly talk about this, but this is just how my mind has extrapolated. The less personally we take things, the more free we are to exist with other people. And why is that? Because when we're not taking everything as in like, I, 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 you did this to me and I am the center and you have to appease me, then again, we have a little bit more compassion for ourselves and for other people. And all of those stories, when we shed those away and when we leave them, we can simply experience another person or another situation for just who or what they are. It is what it is kind of thing. And for me, like just thinking about the family members who called me and dramatically said they're not coming to our wedding and it turning into this big hysterical fight, I feel so much more at peace reminding myself that them not coming to my wedding has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them. And 
their own thoughts and feelings and interpretations of what is right for them. And even though that doesn't align with my values and who I am, who am I to place that judgment on them? And this is where I get into kind of like a hot take about just mental health rhetoric in general. I think when we say everything is a projection and it's not about you, it's about them, a lot of the times it comes across as like, blaming someone else or thinking that you're like this perfect self-righteous center of the universe and everyone else is wrong. But it's actually the opposite. Like when I say everything is a projection and it's not about me, it's about them. I actually say that with like the utmost of compassion. I actually say that from like a humbled place of like, you don't know what you don't know. Like you don't know what's going on in that person's head. You don't know what they might be thinking or feeling or what's making them react this way or whatever past trauma, generational stuff that can play into it, even the amount of sleep that they got on that day, right? And I think this is especially important to remember when we're in partnership, when we're in an active relationship with someone else, because again, sometimes we can feel rejected even around the people who love us the most. I know with boyfriends, sometimes I'm like, oh, you didn't listen to me in the way that I wanted, so now I feel very rejected. And does that warrant a healthy conversation about how can we match each other's needs, wants, and desires? Yes, but it doesn't warrant this blame or this shame or this like, I expect you to perfectly adhere to me at all times. That's kind of my beef with (laughs) mental health stuff because in a world where everyone has a therapist to tell them that their side of the story is valid and right, we also often neglect the other person's side of the story, which their therapist is also telling them is valid and right. And I think that my favorite relationships, my favorite friendships, I mean, gosh, we've gone through hell and back and we've rejected each other in small ways and big ways. And at the end of the day, we have the emotional intelligence to look at it from the other person's perspective, to say, maybe this isn't all personal. Maybe there's something else to this story that I'm missing. Maybe their experience, maybe if I had their exact same set of experiences, I would take it the exact same way. And that's what I mean when I say everything is a projection and nothing is personal. So to tie a bow on this podcast episode, I know we've gone so many different directions. And I don't know about you, but I feel like kind of inspired by this topic now. Like I'm like, oh, I want to go get rejected because I want to better deal with it. But to tie a bow on this, one of the best pieces of advice that I received back when I was casually dating, a friend of mine said, instead of thinking about why don't they like me? Or do they like me? Why don't they like me? What can I do to get them to like me? Ask yourself if you even like them. (laughs) Do you even want their approval? Would you even switch places with them if you had the chance? Do you even care? Do you even know them? That's something I got to tell myself. Like, Mary, these are strangers. Do you even know them? Do you even like them? So why does it matter if they like you? What matters is that you like you. And again, the way you're going to get you to like you is for you to do things that you want to do. You have to do those things and remember that trade-off. It's either I could do this thing and they might not approve of it, or I cannot do this thing and I probably won't approve that of myself over the long term. It's just going to take a toll on your spirit and soul and your utmost potential that I really hope every single one of us gets a chance to reach. That doesn't mean 
achieving these big, crazy things at all times, but it just simply means living in our authentic, true selves with peace and compassion and love for ourselves, the world around us, the people that we encounter, and reminding ourselves that rejection is simply redirection. I love you all so much. I hope this was helpful. Let me know if it was helpful. Talk to you soon. Bye. One last thing before we farewell, my self-lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow. And as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.